Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Good morning, Mosaic. And yes, happy Mother's Day to all the moms, to all the aunties, uh, to all the ladies out there. In fact, we want to honor you. We thank you so much. You ladies are amazing. And uh, we've got a special treat for you this morning. Now, now, if you're just tuning in to Mosaic and you're wondering what's going on, we usually do a like a, a like a Mosaic in the morning show, but we're taking a break from that because it's Mother's Day. And uh, we do have a treat for you. Uh, uh, Amber Cavazos is uh, going to be speaking to you guys. And I'll tell you what I love about her. I love her passion for God because it's only rivaled by her compassion for other people. And it's just amazing because... She has been leading our women's community so well, and I know you're looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. And so let's do this. Let's make some noise for her as she comes on up. Hey, how are you? I am well. Uh, nice, nice. Well. All right, guys, give her some love in the chat room and take it away. Thank you. Thank you. What a privilege to be here. I love Mosaic. I love that um, we can meet together, even in this way, um, whether you're tuning in from a different state or a different country. Welcome to Mosaic. I'm so glad you're here. And for my local Mosaic people, I miss you. I love you. I want to 60-second high-five fist bump, hug you so desperately. Um, I miss being together. Um, this is an incredible day because it is a day that we pause to honor moms, right? We want to take a day. I think we deserve a weekend, maybe a week, maybe a month, but you know, whatever. We'll take the day. Um, to celebrate and to be appreciated. So for those of you where Mother's Day is a challenge, your heart breaks during Mother's Day, those who are missing their moms, um, some of us are missing the opportunity to be a mom. I just want to tell you that I've been praying for you because I know this is a hard weekend for you. Um, God sees you. He sees your heart, and he is close to you. The Bible says that he brings comfort to the brokenhearted. So he is doing that for you. And to my fellow moms, hey, happy Mother's Day. Hey, you know what? We work hard, right? I want you to know God sees you. He sees every hiney that you wipe. He sees every tear that you dry. He sees and hears every silent prayer, every text that you send, every word that you refrain from saying. You know what I'm saying, right? Jesus help us sometimes. Um, he sees you. And whether you have one child or you have eight children, you are doing a great job. You're doing an incredible job. And especially in this season, I just want you to know I'm praying for you and I'm with you. 
I'm in this thing, right? My Mother's Day will be celebrated with my incredible family. Gosh, I adore them, every single one. Um, My husband, Caleb, and I have been in Charlotte for 16 years now, crazy to think about, Um, in ministry at some capacity. Ministry is a passion of our hearts for sure. My oldest son, Brendan, just finished his freshman year at ECU. I mean, I'm only 26, so how that happened, I really, I don't know, but... He did. He finished it at home. He did a great job. Um, Brielle, Sabrina is a senior in high school. So as you know, our graduates are figuring it out this season. So we're going to celebrate her the best we can in the next month or so as she graduates from Coxville High. And then we have Bryson Taylor. Bryson is a freshman in high school. In my mind, Bryson's like two. You know, there's something about that baby where you just have this special little place in your heart. I love all my kids, right, equally. But there's just that mm, with the baby. Yes, that's Bryson Taylor. Right now, he sleeps more than he should, but we love him anyway. All right, so that's my crew. We um, are enjoying the season. We have no idea, no idea what we're doing for Mother's Day. We're not the planners, but we will figure it out. Mother's Day is... A great day. It's a great day. So love your mom. Love those people in your life who have been a mother figure to you. It's a good day to wish them a happy Mother's Day. Well, today I want to talk with you about Selah. I want to talk with you about the word, the concept of Selah. And we're going to look at it from the biblical perspective and apply it to our lives. So will you pray with me as we do that? Lord God, thank you so much for the opportunity to share your word. God, I pray in Jesus' name that your word would be alive and active on the inside of us today. I pray, Lord God, that it would change our hearts. It would transform our lives. God, your word says a lot about itself. It says that it convicts. It says it encourages. It says that it can give hope. It says it can give faith. God, I pray that that would be true of this day. God, even for those who may be opening it or hearing it for the first time today, I thank you that your word has power. So would you bring encouragement to us? Would you inspire us toward you? Thank you, Lord God, that you are going to use my words, God, to change lives. I pray, Lord Jesus, that I would get out of the way in order for people to see you and hear from you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And so Selah, Selah, um, it's a word that means pause, it means reflect, um, it means refreshment, it means an interlude to a climax. In fact, there are a lot of definitions for it. Um, People can't really agree on what it means. In the Bible, it's used in the Psalms a lot in between verses. Um, Also, the sons of Korah used it a lot. It is seen 74 times in the Bible. 71 of those times happens to be in the book of Psalms. So as they're writing in the Psalm, there's this pause and it says Selah, and then it continues. And then it's also seen in Habakkuk. So Selah's come. We don't have control over them. They are uninvited at times, (laughs) unexpected for sure. Um, 
But we all have to deal with them. We don't get to control when they come, but we get to choose how to react to them. So today, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Selahs in our life. We can't ignore this major Selah in history that we're experiencing right now. So I can't control it, but I can handle it. I can choose to acknowledge it. I can choose to respond to it, and I can choose to invite Jesus in it. So I would love for you to journey with me. If you want to grab your Bible, your phone, something to look up scripture, we are going to journey through John 20, 21, um, and also hit Luke 24. I don't have time today to do the entire story. I wish I did. But there's this historical pause that none of us can deny, and it happens between the death of Jesus and his ascension into heaven. So, as you know, Jesus died. We just celebrated Easter. We just celebrated the fact that he resurrected. So, he died, and in between his death and his resurrection, there's a lot that happens. And then there's a lot that happens between his resurrection and his ascension to heaven. So, that's where we're going today. And I just want to encourage you to find yourself somewhere in the story. All right? So, let's start with John chapter 20, verses 1 and 2. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Mary, Peter, and John, they are in this moment where the world stopped. What we have to remember is that they knew the Messiah was coming, right? They had been raised to know these things. They were taught these things as children. Jesus is coming. The Messiah is coming. He's going to set us free. He's going to rule and reign as king. This is not what's happening. So this is an uninvited Selah in their life. Verses um, 9 and 10 say this. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. So there's this acknowledgement of, wow, this is different. This is not what I expected. Currently, we're in a season of, wow, this is not what I expected. It's a Selah. It's a pause. You know, children after us will read about this in history books. This pause in our world, really. I love the different responses of the people we're going to look at today. How Mary, Peter, John, they acknowledge it in a very different way. We're going to pick up in Luke 24, 14 through 17, because John does not record this part. But this is on the road to Emmaus, and some disciples meet Jesus there. And it says this, they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk? They stood still, their faces downcast. Luke 24, verse 21, they're explaining. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, 
It is the third day since all of this took place. Sounds pretty hopeless. Verses 28 through 31. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he stayed with him. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. When it comes to acknowledging moments, we may find ourselves like Mary, Peter, and John running, um, just trying to keep up or trying to pretend it's not happening. Um, this isn't going to stop me. Have you been in that position? I've been there. Like when this quarantine started, I was like, this is not going to take life for me. This is not going to take my joy. My dukes are up. I'm going forward. I'm going to make life as normal as possible. Anybody with me there, right? We're not, I was not acknowledging it fully. I was not going to allow it to stop me. When it comes to different seasons of our lives, changes with relationships, changes with jobs, pauses in life where we thought one thing was going to happen, but something else is happening, we can't deny it. We have to acknowledge it. We have to say, okay, this is happening. What else can we do with Selah's? We need to respond to them. How do you feel in the midst of the Selah? How has life adjusted? What does it mean? How are you going to choose to respond? It's a step beyond acknowledging it. Let's see how Mary responds in John chapter 20, verses 15 through 16. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was a gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, Tell me where you have put him, and I will go get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Mary heard the voice of Jesus. She had heard that before. It was very familiar to her, and it opened her eyes to what was happening around her, and it propelled her to respond. She saw him. She now understands what's happening, but then she chooses to respond. So for Mary, in verse 18, we find that Mary ran. She ran to the disciples, and she said, I have news. I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. I love how she responds. And we all respond differently to the sailors in our life, to the pauses that happen. Some of us choose to respond like Mary. Mary's response to me is very intimate. She reminds me of a lot of friends that I have that are more sensitive to what's going on. And she's like, okay, yes, this is Jesus. I have to go tell everybody. Then we have Thomas. Thomas, I can identify with Thomas. Thomas is one of the 12 disciples. Thomas has gone through all of this, just like Peter and John and Mary and everyone else. They had a close, close picture of what was happening this whole time. So their hope is very high. Their hope is Jesus came to save us. And now we're in this incredible uninvited Selah. 
In John 20, verses 25 through 27, it says this. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. If you're more of a Thomas than a Mary, here's the great news. Jesus can handle our doubt. He can handle our unbelief. When we respond to him in moments like this and say, I don't know what's going on, and I need you to prove to me that you're in it, he's not intimidated by that. In fact, he is doing everything he can to reveal himself to you. Verse 26 says, a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Jesus met him right there. In his response of doubt and unbelief, Jesus met him, and he will meet us. You know, when this first started, I was in this place of, I still have to work. I'm doing video calls. I'm, I work at a school, so I'm doing Google Classroom, all the things to keep our school going, to keep education moving, um, figuring out all the different ways we can communicate with one another. And that was a response I had to have. When it came to ministry, there was this major pause because with She Community, we gather every month. And in that time, our mission is to equip and to inspire women to be voices of hope in their, in the, their places of influence. So our gatherings are used like a launching pad. We bring the women in. We minister to them. We hear them. We cry with them. We pray for them. And then it's like we send them off. Well, not being able to gather definitely put a damper on that. And so as leaders, we gathered one day. We did a Zoom call, just like you, gathering on Zoom. And we talked about it. And the more we talk, the more we realize our response right now seems very helpless. Like, there's, what are we supposed to do in this moment? What are we supposed to do? And so we got together, encouraged each other, um, figured out how she community needs to respond. And I think our community will be better for it. In life, with relationships, maybe jobs, those kinds of things, it's like it's not just letting things happen to us. It's not wishing them away. It's acknowledging them and responding. It's choosing to figure out how I feel about it and choosing to respond. Whether I'm all go for it like Mary or I'm Jesus, I need to see you like Thomas, Jesus is willing to be there with us. Um, the last thing I want to talk about when it comes to Selah is inviting Jesus into it. Selah is a pause. It's a pause. It is something that stops everything. And at this point in our country, in our world, we have developed a new normal, right? 
we're figuring it out. We're figuring out how to gather. We're figuring out how to make lemonade out of lemons. And my question for myself and also for you is, have you invited Jesus into your Selah? Are you just making it through? Are you powering through? Are you conquering one part of your life in quarantine at a time and forgetting to invite him into it. In this moment in biblical history, there were plenty of times where people saw Jesus and were able to invite him in, take a step back and see what they need to do. The thing I love about this is that Jesus is, Jesus is always there waiting. He's always there waiting to be invited. In John 21, 2 through 3, we see what happens with Simon Peter and some of the other disciples after um, they figure out Jesus' body is gone, you know. Um, he shows up a couple of times, and then we're going to pick it up in verse 2. It says, Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from, Gal- um, sorry, from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, And the two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night, they caught nothing. Now, I'm not a fisherman, fisherwoman, fisher anything. I've literally been one time, and I did not like it. So you will not find me on any lake or ocean fishing for anything. But I know enough to know that if you were fishing all night, this is your livelihood, and you caught nothing, you're feeling pretty hopeless, right? Feeling pretty hopeless. Peter and the other disciples went back to what they knew. They're like, there's this moment, we don't know what to do with it, so I'm just going to go back to what I used to do. How many of you feel like that? I'm just going to go back. I'm going to respond the way I've always responded. John 21, 5 through 7 says this, he, being Jesus, called out to them. Jesus is on the shore. Friends, haven't you any fish? They answered. No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, They were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. Peter takes off. He's just gone. He's like, you guys will be fine. You're bringing in the fish. Everything's going to be great. I'm going to see Jesus. He's like, this sailor that I don't understand, this pause and what I thought was going to happen, I am allowing Jesus to be in it. And his running just reminds me of what our hearts need to look like during this time or any pause, because this is not the only pause we will see in our lifetime. Many pauses will come. But Peter runs. He gets close to Jesus. Jesus Christ, Son of God, risen Lord, makes these guys breakfast. He makes them fish, campfire, the whole deal. He has this intimate meal with them, and he restores Peter. 
You may remember that Peter denied Jesus three times during this whole ordeal. Peter the rock, Peter the one who said he would die for Jesus. He denies Jesus and Jesus restores him. He has a heart-to-heart moment and he says, hey, do you love me? He asked him that three times. Do you love me? And then his direction to Peter is feed my lambs. Here's what I know. Selahs may feel like they have no purpose. They may feel like an interruption in your life. But when Jesus is invited into your Selah, he can use it as a launching pad, just like he used Peter. So Peter chooses after this moment to like engage in what God had for him. So Peter, he is such an important character when it comes to the early church starting the church. Wow, he did miracle after miracle in the book of Acts. He preached the word like it was nobody's business. It was this moment on the beach for Peter was his launching pad. He found great purpose in this Selah. And I know that's what God wants to do in my life, and that's what he wants to do in your life. What do I need to do to make that happen? I've got to invite him in. I've got to invite him in. You know, at this point, we're getting used to things, right? We have, we have our rhythms. We have our rhythms. But have we paused and asked Jesus to be in every part of that rhythm? We are whole beings, right? We are made of body, mind, and spirit. Have you taken the moment and said, Jesus, I invite you into the physical part of this whole thing. I invite you into the mental part, emotions, all of it. I invite you into the spiritual part of this Selah. Because here's what I know. When we do that, Jesus is ready to launch us into something. We cannot deny that the Selah is happening. It's happening. We can't control it. But we can control how we acknowledge it, how we respond to it, and if we invite Jesus into it. I don't know about you, but I want the Selahs in my life to be a little more like Peter. I want Jesus to launch me into the next season. I can't be launched without the Selah. I would like to read this scripture for you. It's in Psalm 46, verses 8 through 11. And in the New King James Version, it actually has the word Selah. So I would encourage you to look it up. But this is what it says. It says, come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to ends to the ends of the earth. He breaks the the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. When we invite Jesus in, we're getting all of that. Isn't that encouraging? We're getting the God who created everything. We're getting the God who fights for us. We're getting the God who is mighty and strong and working on our behalf. So I want to encourage you to think about your life right now. Think about this Selah in history that I didn't invite, you didn't invite either. 
I'm praying it away every single day. I hope you are too. But because I can't control it, will you join me in acknowledging it and responding to it and inviting Jesus in it? Will you pray with me? Lord God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that you are a faithful God. I thank you that even when we try to ignore the sailors in our lives, you are right there. God, you are not hiding yourself. You are actually trying to reveal yourself. So would you do that in these moments, Lord God? God, we invite you in. God, we ask that you would come in, that you would show us who you are, show us, Lord, who you're calling us to be. God, show us where you want us to go. God, help us use this Selah as a launching pad. God, help us to give it to you so that you can do incredible things with it. God, for those who have never invited you into their life at all, God, I pray that they would do that in this moment. And they would say, Jesus, I'm inviting you in. I'm inviting you in. I'm inviting you to be Lord. I'm inviting you to be master. I'm inviting you to do something about this craziness of my life. God, you are faithful and worthy, and you will meet us there. Your word says that you had so much love, so much love in your heart that you made a way for us to come to you. So God, I thank you for that. I thank you that your love is chasing after us. I thank you, Lord, that just like before Peter said, yes, I'll do it, you were already there waiting. I thank you that that moment applies to us. So God, whether we find ourselves like Mary, Peter, John, those disciples on the road, Thomas, God, any of those people, I know that you're there. So I thank you for that. Thank you that we are going to have great stories of this season of Selah. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.